Welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes achieving outstanding pairings, and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I'm Dave Gurney, and I'm here with... Joe Hilliard. And Carlos Cooper. And we are going to be drinking beer and talking about movies, and in that order, roughly. Um, but before we get into the, the business... The real business. Sure. I just want to remind our listeners, we, we talked about this last week. You have a few days um, left. We are in contention for uh, being one of the five nominees for best podcast in our area of the country, the coastal bend of Texas. And uh, if, if you are at all inclined, we would love it if you would go to our social media, Facebook, Instagram. We'll have some links up there. You can click through. It's the Bend Magazine that is running this. It's their locals list. We'd love if you would nominate us, put us up there in the running so that uh, we, we can be recognized um, and, and, and bring more listeners into the community. We, we just want more people like you to be enjoying the podcast. TheBendMag.com. Yeah, there you go. And then you'll see a banner at the top of the yeah. page that says, we, we love locals the list. We do a good and, job. Um, yeah, it's nominations right now, so go and nominate us because only the top five from each category move on to the actual voting process of it. That's right. And so that's very important. Um, I don't, I don't everyone... normally get this gross, but the editor of that film is, uh, that, the editor of that magazine, attractive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, hey, I, time to open a beer. Yeah, let's open a beer. I'm thirsty. Okay, so um, I went a couple of weeks back and I. Um, saw a band called ohm in houston oh. uh if you haven't listened to them at a brewery go listen to them uh it's alsis narrows from sleep um uh, you and know, don't let pi- that name deceive you pioneer of stoner rock band or of stoner rock as a, a pioneer stoner rock band in the genre but ohm is kind of takes it even further and it's more meditative and it was a fantastic time and what could be better than seeing ohm a band that I really like and have always wanted to see than seeing them at a brewery. Oh, where, and where so were you? I saw them at Brash Brewing Brash. in Houston. Brash. And talked about them. They they had anarchists. Um, yes, there's something over there. Satanists. Satanists. Uh, love them. But they um you know, it's it was cool going to a show where all of the beer that was available was like very high quality. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I had um, a Milk the Venom, which was like a coconut milk stout. And, um, it, you know, uh, the Cali Green oh, IPA, yeah. which I had, used to get that which, down which here. Which I had never had before. You never this had was, that It was my all? first oh. time having Cali Green, um, which was great. Wish we still got those so, kegs. Yeah, so it, it was really great being in a show environment with that. But they also had some bottles to go. And so I picked up one of the ones that I wanted to try when I was there, but because, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, and I know the two of you know this, I'm such a slut for coconut, I couldn't skip the milk, the venom that had the coconut in it. And so I was like, you know what? The other one that I want to try is in a bottle. I'll buy a bottle. I'll take it to go. Very nice. And you guys are so fucking lucky that I have (laughs) the willpower to hold on to this bottle right. for as long as I have, it has been staring me down every time I open the Ooh, fridge. Tell us what it is. It is okay. So, like I said, it's from Brash, and it is. Uh, it's called Hurt, and it is an Imperial Milk Stout 
brewed with ghost pepper and habanero. Oh, you're going to kill our palate at the top of the episode? Is it hot? What's going on? I don't know. I've never had it. Bring it. Hurt myself again. Just to see if I could feel. Just to see if I could feel. That's right. Whether it comes out of Trent Reznor's mouth or Johnny Cash's, I'm okay with it. Wow. I'm only okay with Johnny Cash. Well, I know. You, you got a Reznor problem. Well, Carlos, thank you for your willpower. Although you like you like his film score work. You, some, you, some, some, some of it. it. Some of it, right? Social network. Okay. So we're going to drink this beer. We're going to watch a movie. Then we're going to repeat. Yeah, we're going to watch a movie live on air. Question. Do you get the pepper on the nose? No. I'm not getting it faintest hint almost like pepper skin i mean it's not even like the spiciness it's it's more just like a vegetal kind of quality there carlos but took a sip I see and carlos is reacting is violently and is and is reacting i'm i'm gonna hold off <laughs> because i want to get us into this film before i, just I got start two or three drops in my mouth oh wow <laughs> okay well this is gonna be interesting while, while these guys acclimate i and i'll be there soon there um, neither one of us have voices david you better talk there is a beer uh a beer tie-in for the film that we're doing just okay by the way i'll reveal it later all right um well, i can imagine some but i'll be curious to hear what you have to say so Ooh. we are going to be talking in the first half about the 2020 although it's it's billed as 2019 actually um i think it may have had some festival screenings um Sundance. It showed at Sundance last year. That's right. Um, it was kind of a delayed release, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it is the film The Lodge. It is directed by actually a team, Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala. And if you live in a big metropolitan area, I bet you might be able to still see it. That's possible. Yes. It, it, it's had a fairly decent size release, although by the time this is airing, it may well be out of a lot of markets. But Joe's right. If, if you're in one of the larger metroplexes and if you're a horror hound you've seen it already probably by the time this episode comes out one interesting thing just off the top first time i think i've ever seen a film directed by a uh, aunt and nephew that that is probably uh, the only time that it's happened but i i certainly the only time i've seen it and they came to acclaim with an austrian film Right. They are Austrian. So they they had made a film in their uh, native Austria called Goodnight Mommy. I have not seen it, but I, 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 I'm eager to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which actually treads similar territory. Does it? Uh, yeah. So the basic premise here is you have a... Basic premise? Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to describe it as basically as I can. Go ahead. You have a broken family. You have a, a mother and father who have separated. They're two children. At the very beginning of the film, the father tells the mother that he is going to remarry, and this causes her such distress that she offs herself. She, Goes she home commits suicide. Herself, yeah. Played um, by Alicia Silverstone. Right. Which I did not recognize. And Go ahead. Take a second. So then we jump forward in time, a few months, and uh, the, the kids are being asked by the father, hey, I want you to... Become closer to my, you know, who who will essentially be your stepmother, you know, this woman who I'm going to marry. I'd like to go up to our cabin for Christmas, and there will be a few days that I will have to leave, but that'll give you some time to be together. Let's do this, and, you know, please do this for me. The, um, the kids are reticent. They are. They don't like her. They call her a psychopath. <laughs> they they have reasons the reason for doing why that. you left my mother. Yes. And, uh, but, but, but eventually you know against against their will it happens and they go out and the rest of the film is them and this remote cabin initially with the father but um when he leaves most of the film takes place with the children left with this stepmother figure 
who um, they obviously do not like and the sort of psychological turmoil that they go through in that cabin together. Yeah, because a a blizzard hits and their power goes out and they're trapped there. David, you did a great job of being succinct, but I think you left off a key element of the plot. How clenched was your butthole? I, I mean, that's, I always... Yeah, on a on, scale of on, one on, to super clenched. On the butthole clench meter, where does this film rank? My butthole was so loose during this movie. I had a very loose butthole, man. No, this, this, was, this, this movie was rated R for relaxed rectum. <laughs> Double R. Well done. Oh my gosh. I'm going to tip a very Folks, spicy beer. Folks, occasionally we 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 refer to second episodes. This is certainly a second episode. A second okay. episode. And if you have not listened to our while episode re- while, on the Invisible Man, you may want to go back and uh, while and researching yeah. their future stepmother, mm-hmm. they learn that she was the lone survivor of a Heaven's Gate type cult situation, <laughs> wherein everyone committed suicide and/or was murdered by the highly christian like radical christian figure of that's a very important piece of this just for the record i laughed at david not about people killing themselves no 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 Uh, Uh, i just want that to be i just took my first sip and i I just wanted to be clear um yeah i mean okay so i okay so we know what the movie's about we know that there is this cult element to it in so far as that the father's new girlfriend is a surviving cult member ex-cult member and that's a pretty interesting premise I love a good cult. Uh, (laughs) Now, I will return to something I said previously. Now, the reason that I opened this bottle of Hurt from Brash Brewing Company is because I thought the beer that we drank for this should reflect how I felt about my viewing experience, and is that it hurt. It was a bad, terrible film. Really? That was such a wasted opportunity. Oh. Carlos, this is the worst film I fell maybe asleep. We, this is the worst film maybe we've ever reviewed on the entire run of this. You feel that way. Yes. That's I this wow. film I I find that to be incorrect. We have done I'm Avengers sure movies. Could, yeah, um, true, 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 true. And this film, we did, we've done Midsummer and Hereditary. Yeah, yeah no. So, well, those we, are worse. Well, but, we we there's some disagreement actually, there. No, those are not worse. I take that back. Yeah. This film is bad. It's very bad. Bad, and and David and, disagrees. I yeah, can see I, I, it. Oh, I know. But, but David is our our, our constant. I, I got to let the chumps get their words out, sure. and then I can jump in sure. and, what, and, and I, drop I, well, the knowledge. The, 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 let's, let's let's do it that way, Carlos. What did you find so distasteful or, or just, bad about the movie? I just found it plain boring. I thought that. Um, so much of it was telegraphed from the beginning and it there was no like in in the invisible man which we talked about last week i mean there's a certain air of like mystery and like what's going to happen how's she going to get out of this like how's it all going to play out and i feel like you just know how this movie's going to play out from super early on and it makes the slow pace of the film impossible to get on board with i love a slow pace if there's a fucking payoff i well same and because like i mean david cronenberg is a master of horror body horror specifically which Mm -hmm. this is not but still a master of horror because he has this slow deliberate pace where he kind of lulls you into this 
not sense of security, but into this, he lulls you into somewhat, um, being somewhat disarmed or whatever. And then shit gets absolutely bananas and super fucked up. And it, there's a huge payoff at the end of it. And I think with this movie, it's slow paced, but it's also very predictable. And as far as a horror movie goes, I think that's probably the worst combination that you can have. Um, because not only do you get bored by the slow pace, but then there's no payoff for it at the end. And there wasn't really even anything about this movie in the midst of it all that was particularly entertaining either. Like, none of the characters are particularly entertaining. No, I, don't, I don't think I, it's trying to entertain. Well, that's what I'm saying. And so if it's a... It's trying to give you a horror bang. It's trying, it's if trying, it's, it's if trying it's to a, redeem itself if it's as a, some kind if it's of a, genre or anything. If it's I don't think it's a bang. Horror, I don't think it's going for a bang. If it's a slow horror film... With no payoff, yeah, and no real kind of psychological terror, and very predictable, which takes all of the horror out of a film. It's and is also not entertaining. Then there's absolutely nothing that this movie has to offer I that's worth watching. See, okay, all right. I don't think this is a film that sends out sets out to entertain. I don't think it's a film that sets out to give you that kind of shock or bang or surprise. I think it is a film that is probing the depths of how terrible we are to one another. I think it is a film that is interested in sort of putting a microscope to how cruel we can be to one another, even if unintentionally so, right? Um, and all of that is, is sort of factored around this uh, character of, uh, of Mia, right? Uh, no, sorry, the um, Grace. Is that uh, the girlfriend? Right. It is, right? Yes. That Mia is the daughter, uh, but yeah. So, so this this character who had been sort of brought up in this religious cult that was a suicide cult, essentially, um, she was the one survivor of it. Essentially, psychologically tortured by her family. Um, excuse me. Whew, that is a fucking beer. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and having to deal with that. Coming out of that and then finding herself in this new family where, you know, I guess, you know, the, the husband is kind of a, a, a small factor here. I mean, he, he doesn't really show up in the film all that much. He kind of yeah. said, but, but then the kids, you know, because they can't accept her and they blame her for what happened with their parents' marriage and what happened with their mom and all that, end up heaping on her such terrible psychological torture that it drives her insane. Um, you know, I wasn't shocked by it in the way that, like, I was surprised. I knew what I was, I, like, it, it, I can understand where you're coming from, Carlos, that this isn't a film that's, like, sort of totally unpredictable. But I did really appreciate the way that they sort of brought across this kind of psychological deterioration of this woman um, who has this huge baggage already from the terrible experience she had had with her family growing up, mm -hmm. and then coming into this new family and being met with disdain and this kind of like, well, let's see how much we can mess with you. And then what is that going to do? It's going to set that person off and it's going to turn them into, you know, it's going to turn them into a basket case who has no possibility of any having any connection to reality. I love the look of the film. Yes. I, I thought like it was that. beautifully shot. Yes. The, I think the dollhouse opening is great. 
Yeah, and and uh, you know that the calling back to Hereditary. I know one of your favorite films. Um, I love the dollhouse motif in a horror film. That's a great little touch. Um, I love how isolated that cabin is. And yeah. doing a little reading on the film, like they, they, they the, the filmmakers, this was their, they had made their film in Austria. This was their first film that they were doing sort of in the American context, um, actually shot in Canada. And they insisted that they actually find a location that was that isolated. Like, and the, the producers were like, well, no, we can, we can shoot around it and make it look like it. No, we need to find a place that is truly isolated on a lake that allows us to shoot this stuff, the stuff on the lake, her falling through the ice. They wanted all of that to be practical and real. And I think that comes across. So I found this film, like, again, it is languidly paced. It's very slowly paced. It's not a pulse-pounding sort of film. There are some moments where there's a little bit more of that intensity comes in. But I really saw this as more of a psychological horror that... I really, I mean, I won't say I enjoyed it because it was torturous, <laughs> but I think it did something that I I appreciated. I don't believe a second of this movie. That's my problem with it. Um, the, con- the conceit of the film is that six months after their mother kills themselves, a 15-year-old boy, more or less, and a 10-year-old girl, more or less, mastermind the ability to psychologically torture this woman when their father okay first of all divorce not divorced separated father whose mother kills themselves six months later i'm gonna leave them alone in a cabin with my new girlfriend with my new well six month old girlfriend or however long they'd been dating prior to the six months later card uh, who they clearly don't like and clearly she's estranged from and i can clearly see all kinds of horrible relationship before I decide to leave. Yeah. Worst father ever presented on film. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Maybe not worst. You're, but you're, you're probably uh, right. We could probably go around no, robbing. I, I, I certainly wouldn't say he's a good father, but but then again, I, I would agree with Carlos. He's not the worst. Number I mean, two, worst, this 15-year-old boy has figured out a way to present himself as being hung in order to present to this woman who they steal her psychological medications uh as as we are now in purgatory i don't believe a second of anything in this film look i mean some and and, and that's my biggest problem with it is that the what the facts that they're trying to pull off could not be pulled off that 10 year old girl would have cracked when there is no food in the house that 15 year old boy well no but they weren't restricting themselves remember they still had their they were going down to the cellar i believe they were going down to the cellar and eating and not not letting her eat yeah yeah and and they're gonna let her go walk out and probably die no yeah that's bullshit because they're blaming her for their mother's death not when they come back and the girl's crying to her about accidentally letting the dog out Uh, there is empathy or there is no empathy the film isn't i don't absolute anything that it tries to present well but you're you're wanting it to be absolute that's the problem like you're you're asking it's presented as absolute you're asking for humans to be absolutely consistent humans are not absolutely consistent Humans vary. Children aren't that cruel, and these children aren't that cruel. And, well, no, and, I, I, I think be. I think they you're right. Be that in the most world, most children are no, not Dad, this cruel. You're wrong on this one, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, I don't know, man. Okay. I don't know. I, so 
so no, this movie, I, and honestly, and Carlos, you I don't used even, a great word. Boring. I don't even this know. Movie was boring. I don't even know that I need the, films. Don't need to operate under realism. No, I don't, they don't. I'm not. They don't. I'm not worried about that too much. You don't I care didn't, about the rules. I wasn't particularly. No, I don't. <laughs> I wasn't particularly hung up on the idea of whether or not I fully. I felt performance wise. I was fully invested. Now, this is the kid who was in, right? Is it It? it right? Yeah, he's in It. The Bill Dernbrother. I think he did yeah, a pretty darn good job. I think he is she good. also did. I think the, the younger sister. The did performances a good job. aren't bad. Right. And I thought Riley Keough. Keough? Co? Keough? I don't know. Who? This blew my mind. When I when I started reading about it after I saw the film, had not read anything. I wanted to go in with a fresh set of eyes, just yeah. watch it and see it. Fucking Elvis's granddaughter. Interesting. Who? who, who? The, the, the Riley Keo. The lead. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so so uh, anyway, it and Attractive woman, and, good actress. and the guy who's the cult leader dad of hers, uh-huh. her actual dad, <laughs> Danny <laughs> Keogh. Yeah, interesting. that is who, interesting. Who also did anybody pick up on a little bit of a Jeremiah Sand feel from him? I did a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway, the, <laughs> that's all kind of side yeah. commentary. I wasn't so hung up. This film operates in more that I would say dreamlike, surrealist kind of state that I feel like occasionally I will allow a horror film to operate in. Except that there are concrete rules that are applied to the film. I mean, we, we understand exactly what happens. Okay, so... So the surrealism comes from what? Her being a P, PSTD, PTSD, PTSD yeah. clearly survivor getting off of her meds and then and then what happens when that occurs she's hallucinating yeah she's and that's that's all fine and dandy but to what degree i mean to what end we're going to torture this woman because our dad left our mother for her yeah i mean i think that's that's what i came back to is it like and then they have no electricity so he he there's a there's a set piece where he he's trying to convince this new not new girlfriend but girlfriend that that they are in purgatory so he has to convince her that they have all died so he creates somewhere a um photocopy of a newspaper article right but there is no power to do that so he did that before they came there he brought it with him I mean, but even if he didn't, I mean, and yes, it was all pre-planned because yeah. they 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 were yeah, they were had, doing it in the dollhouse, and the father sees yeah, the dollhouse yeah. and sees that something could be amiss. The whole it's silly. <laughs> Look, okay, so here's the thing: silly and boring and stupid. Here's the I, thing: I don't, know. I don't I, honestly. So much of what you guys are talking about. Did you see this movie, Carlos? I like. <laughs> I have. I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about because I fell asleep during this movie. Oh, it was that boring. Well, you're, you're known to do that. I don't do it that often. Did you see it at Alamo with a few beers? No, because they're not showing this at Alamo. Neon Pictures is distributing this movie, and it's not good enough for Neon to show it at Alamo, the theater that they own. You know, I mean, come on. They did, to to their credit, they did do a special preview screening. Yeah, but they're not going to devote actual like screening times to it when when they could be showing Doolittle instead. Big disagreement on this one. But but I, I, I mean. Maybe it deserves a rewatch because yeah. I, I feel like I feel like David has made some strong points, and I David's I think our, David's I, our optimist in the group, and I think that I think that David has presented a perspective on this movie. David likes everything that is <laughs> that is worth considering, 
and that is, mm-hmm. you know, worth taking note of. And maybe if I had uh, had a similar interpretation of it, maybe if I had found the film interesting enough to want to stay awake for all of it or be able to have stayed awake for all of it. You take really expensive have, naps, Carlos. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, I, that I would have maybe come out of it same but i I, yeah i just i really think that the whole and there's a whole like christian thing like clearly look look, my biggest problem is cults are they're so rich as far as storytelling goes like there's so much there that you can pull from and the fact that this is like a somewhat cultish at least influenced film and i just don't feel like they got enough out of it she was in a cult as a young Right. Person. Yes, but then I'm just she saying, comes like, into a house that is ripe with this like creepy Christian decor. Yes, and that's to be attributed to the mother. So the right. the, the the kids clearly know Catholic give me rites. More. Give me more cult. Uh, I want more I cult. But to I, me, I, like I, in the screen, like... the screenwriting room, it was just let's we we need to trip her off from her old cult thing with new. Uh, a, a new setting filled with Christian motif, yeah, and so that's just convenient. It's yeah, just I don't know. I don't know. It, it didn't really do yeah. it for me. I I think that David's, you're wrong on this I, one, David. I think wrong. David's interpretation of it is valid. <laughs> I think David's interpretation of it is a good interpretation of it. I'm glad he enjoyed it, but, but I, thought, I thought it was very. Boring. But it's just not one that this movie had enough in it for me to have been able to arrive there. Yeah. The, the kids are so desperate to get out of there in the car when the dad finally shows up for good reason, because now she is nuts to their, like they caused that to occur. Yeah. And now they realize that they're in real danger. There's many times when there's a gun, the gun, if they can get the gun, they are yeah. now in control. The guns laying on the table while they're, she's putting the tape on their mouth. He could have lurched across the, Table to grab yeah, the gun. The the end with the sin thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I yeah, mean, I they, they've just watched her kill their father, and I don't, I don't, you know, that's true. She did fucking kill again. Her. I am no, yeah, but the, the, he tried to make an escape after that. I occurred. really, had, I think, presence I, of mind to grab his sister. I and think run. to enjoy this film, I think you have to let go of some of the Mm-mm. because it. Well, I mean, okay, well, I'm just. Let him you don't have to. I mean, okay, let me put it this way, Joe. You never have to let go if you don't want to. I don't like to. But if you would like to <laughs> enjoy my, this I film, I think you need. Tight. I think you would need to approach it like I did, and be willing to see it as a. Uh, again, this is psychological. This is, in some sense, surreal in that it, you are entering the mind of somebody who is very damaged, who has been tortured by her family in the past and is now being tortured by a new family. And I think it is not a pleasant message, He's but the message that it brings, if you're willing to go with it, is how horrible it can be to have to interact with people on that level. Now, again, I have been the beneficiary of very good families. I had a wonderful upbringing, I think, and I I love the family that I have right now. So I do not have that personally. Yet, I know there are many people out there who have been put in terrible situations by those who supposedly are their loved ones. And so when I see a story that's trying to give me some glimmer of insight into how that plays out and how that can really damage somebody psychologically... I look at that as an opportunity to understand something that I cannot experience firsthand. So that's that's very how eloquent, I read this film. Very eloquent, incorrect. I'm not. Well, that's fine. <laughs> All right. I love my beer in a movie family. So, 
as much as this is about psychological torture, this beer is about palate torture. Yeah, you know, I've been, although I've been dying I, to talk about it. <laughs> my insides are tingling. Hurt by brash and imperial milk. I have, my entire body I have, is tingling. I have a feeling tomorrow is going to be filled with many trips to the restroom. <laughs> I, I'm glad. I mean, this thing has I'm, ghost peppers in it. Let, yeah. Let, let's talk. You asked a very good question at the top of this segment. Can you smell the pepper? No. Carlos and I said no. Fuck I no. only got the sense of like a vegetable being in the beer. That, you, that was, I was getting. Can but, you taste the pepper? Oh, Christ, yes. yes. Yeah, there's a lot of pepper in it's this. It's spicy. This is a spicy beer. Now, it's, now, the thing is, I will say... Interestingly enough, I've had a couple. There was like a the Ghostface Killer yeah, beer, right? That. Yeah, that one right on the tongue. Palate. It was killer. like you're done with is, beer for now, the rest of the night. This one does not kill my my tongue in that way, but I'm feeling it all down the esophagus. I'm feeling it in my tongue, right? And I'm it's there's a slight tingle. Does it get better as you go? Sip number two, sip number no. ten. I mean, flavor wise, it's not bad. So are we ch- if we're choking this down because of but a it, pepper. It really is like more the internal, like I can feel it doing this thing internally. Is this a I'm, one and done? Do you ever open a hurt again well, on purpose? I'm glad that I waited to share it with you because I don't know that I would want to drink that entire bomber by myself. I, I so were they have. now were they selling this by the pint for the show? Were you like able to get mm, a pint? And... It's not a pint, it's a smaller pour than that. Okay. I think it's like a ten or twelve. What, so pour. what was the A B V? It's only eight. Okay. Uh, so now it it's spicy. Uh, it it's is a, it is it's pepper four. It is a spicy beer, but mm. this is why I like beer. This is the kind of beer that is the reason that I love beer so much because you can have something like this. This is a truly unique experience that if you are willing to go there, you can have this unique experience like this is a brewery really just fucking going all in and saying like, yeah. we're gonna put well, peppers in now, a beer and we're gonna put really fucking spicy peppers in a beer and this is gonna be a beer that is straight up hot it's going to hurt you right and you know i will say the you know the with throat. the with the pepper beers that i've had in the past of the pepper beers that i've had this is probably my favorite yeah I, I still don't know that I'm going to go and ever try to get a bottle again. I don't know. That I will. I, I don't know that I wouldn't. I will. Really? Yeah. Yeah, 100% to, I to would. To have, but only if you knew you were going to open it with other people. You'd not yes. want to drink two, 22 ounces of this. Yeah, I would suggest that we had enjoyed the second, because I don't know if we can enjoy the second beer if our palates are wrecked with I, pepper. No, I, I think I think the second beer is going to be tough. And we're gonna have to in between the seconds. I think in the break we're gonna have to like go a to a cleanser. car wash and spray down our tongues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stick your tongue out. Power washer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The power washer. Yeah. But I but I think that this is a very good beer. I and agree. if you are somebody that enjoys spicy things, then this is one hundred percent a beer you should try. I can say for sure it would be a fun beer to have at like a big party. Yeah. Where oh, yeah. you have 22 people yeah. who you can pour an ounce for. It's an occasion beer. Yeah. It's it's you, one that you could bring out and it would be a conversation correct. starter. Hey, like, how, how we hey, do how we doing tonight? Yeah, yeah. A ghost pepper beer. How we doing tonight? Yeah. Do you, do you want to try something different? Right. And then you go pull this out and yeah, you pour one ounce for 22 people it makes a right. lot more sense than us trying to By the way, do you realize we're wow. in purgatory right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. 
levels I peaked on that one. I think we're in break. Uh, yeah, I think I. It is a good beer. There's, there's. I, I don't know if I could drink the whole bottle by myself, it's but it's a good beer. It's different for us to get to the end of the episode and not have poured it all out equally. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I want any more. No, I do. I do. Here we. Okay, so when we come back, we're going to attempt to taste another beer, <laughs> and we'll we will talk about another movie. <laughs> And we're back. <laughs> I, was, I had to try to get one in. I, I never do it. I was trying to get it in there before that happened. <laughs> that that's probably going to be so blown out you won't even be able to use it. Uh, is anyone's mouth still and on fire? We're back. Mine is a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so so we're gonna we're gonna talk about another movie that happens in an isolated uh, cabin out in the middle of nowhere. But before we get to that. We actually kind of need a palate cleanser this episode. I do. Uh, it, you know that we we talked a bit about the hurt being a, a rather intense flavor experience, uh, and and so before we, we have another kind of fun beer that that we're gonna have later, and this this is fun too, but um, but in terms of flavor, it should be fairly subdued. Um, yeah. It is a golden pilsner from Fremont Brewing out of Seattle. I think we've had Fremont before, but I always say they that. They do the and then stout, though, right? They've it's, done stouts. Yes, they do the the uh, the, the, the bomb. The, that's a barley wine, I think. No, what's they, the what's the one? It has the the wax cap. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's There's a few. Uh, it's a really good one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, it does, but... We I have mean, not had Fremont prior to now. Okay, on, not on Mike. We definitely let's, had let's it off. Do it. I need to watch star, the terrible taste star, of Failure of Lodge there's... out of my mouth if you'll yes, crack that open. Yeah. So, but I mean, this, this is a lighter offering that for from me. This is a 4.5% oh, uh, golden Perfect. pilsner, so it's pretty much, you yeah. know, as Carlos would say, water yeah, yeah. for yeah. us to kind of just... Nice uh, club cl- soda. Clear sparkling water. And so we will sip on that while we kind of tee up for this next film, which I'm not going to uh, describe because it wasn't I'll even. Do it. Oh, that is so clear though. It's funny when you you know all these Hayes boys and uh, when, stouts that we have. When you have a beer that's that translucent, that's pretty amazing. I mean, you got to so, appreciate that. So we've got this Golden Pilsner uh, from Fremont because beer matters, and oh. we are going to kind of sip on this for a second. Oh yeah, uh, that's a very very refreshing. Yeah, cleanse our palates cleansing. a little bit before very we get nice. into the main beer for the episode. Um, but as you've probably seen from the episode title, um, the second movie that we're going to talk about fits into the uh, Cabin in the Woods motif. Uh, <laughs> By being. And what's the name of the film? It is called Cabin in the Woods. Uh-huh. It is a film from 2012, or it was released in 2012. That was uh, the directorial debut of Drew Goddard that was written uh, by him as well as J- Joss Whedon. They previously had collaborated on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. Uh, Drew Goddard also went on to write The Martian, which got some Academy Award nominations and is a brilliant writer in his own right. Uh, And this is a horror satire I, I comedy. Hate, I hate letter to the horror film. I think genre, it's more according of, I, to Joss Whedon. He said that. Yeah, hate letter. I hate letter. Well, I know that. I know that a big part of the motivation behind this movie was a kind of an attempt to return to form and a retaliation to the torture porn, hostile 
kind of yeah what was uh, going on craze that was sweeping horror at the time and this movie takes on the idea of a group of teens going to a you know what distant relatives or like you know an aunt or uncle's random cabin in the woods where stuff goes bad and um the mechanisms behind that and there is a greater lore established in the in that idea and this is uh, this is the best horror movie of the 21st century wow you're coming up big hard in the last in the last 20 Better years than the lighthouse this is the best horror movie that has been made mm. i'm going to have some words with you, but before we do, let's let's slam this pilsner and get into the main event. <laughs> but so, but wait, but but, but the then, but the idea is that you have you have this group of characters. They're all college students who fit um, those kind of archetypes. That there's you there's would, the dumb blonde. There's the, there's the jock. Uh, there's the, the book smart nerdy girl. There's the token black guy, and, and then there's the, the stoner, stoner guy, the stoner comic uh, relief, stoner comic relief character. And they're going out um, to this cabin. On the way there, they meet a harbinger of doom, who's the guy mm-hmm. that tells them, uh, the crazy Ralph character yeah. for Friday yeah. the Thirteenth analogy. Yeah, uh, cabin don't go fever. there. It's we, cursed. We could, yeah, we could go all you know, and, and yeah. there's so many, uh, so many examples of that in 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 the lexicon of horror films, and. They are, you know, greeted with this like kind of supernatural terror that they find out there's a little more to than meets the eye. And like just spoilers right out the gate, that's the big twist uh, in the film is that this cabin in the woods scenario that we're all familiar with in horror films, you know, from anywhere between Friday the 13th to Evil Dead or whatever, um, that there is a larger governing force manipulating these events and causing them to happen to appease these ancient gods that were they not to receive the sacrifice that they are requesting or that they need require that yeah, that they require um they will return to earth and, and devastate five, humanity as we know and that these five archetypes the, are, the virgin are the whore the, are required yeah. in that scenario and it's a you know it's important that the virgin dies last she doesn't have to die but if she does it's last and mm-hmm. uh you know they kind of are a little loose on the virgin uh requirements you know at this point and mm-hmm. and, and it is just for me this movie is everything that a horror movie needs to be. It hmm. has it has some scares, not some like really serious ones where I'm like actually scared or like, you know, like, oh, this could happen, you know, whatever. But some kind of frightening, disturbing images. It has interesting characters that you can connect with. It has uh, It does? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean it, I mean it, I mean, which, which I character mean, do you connect with? I mean, in this not film? not in like a deep, wait, wait, not in like we, we, the, the, okay, the, on, not in like a deep. Emo- I think we're getting into the criticism here. Well, hold on, hold on. Before right. before we move on, not in like a deep emotional way. We're like, oh, I understand your plight or whatever. But it's like characters that you're like, yeah, I understand like who you are and what you're doing, and I get the archetype that you fit into, and you know, I okay. you are you are an interesting uh, version of that, and. The, I I really like the Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford characters, um, and which we should say are scientists or technologists. They're like government operatives, kind of that are 
involved in manipulating this under scenario. the cabin is a basement and under the basement is a control center yeah and we should also mention that these exist in cities around the world because these ancient beings we find out late 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 into the film the reason why all of this is happening is that these gods that once ruled the world have gone into the center of the earth yeah. to be entertained by these vignettes in japan there it's japanese horror trope in city after city after city it's those horror tropes but in america it's cabin in the woods it's cabin in the woods these five characters maybe in a horror film like friday the 13th there's more than five maybe in cabin fever there's less than five but the reason why these horror tropes exist we find out in this satire is because a larger element requires that they do that they for their annual entertainment yeah these sacrifices and you know, I, I guess maybe I should rephrase what I said in in terms of like re, like necessarily relatable characters, but they're characters that you can see making all the classic mistakes, and there's a reason okay. they're making those classic, classic mistakes, moves. and you feel bad for them because it's like outside of they're being manipulated, and you're like, no, don't you know, don't do this, yeah. and they're like really good set pieces and those things um and no, there, there's it gives it gives clever sort of rationale for why characters would act as stupidly as they yeah. tend to do in and slasher it's films. So brilliantly done the way that they do that. But one of my favorite uh moments of the movie happens right at the very beginning. And it's where Marty pulls up. He is just like blowing down like smoking all the reefer. Uh-huh. And they're like, Marty, you can't bring a bong into uh you know the thing, you know, the cops will want, and he was like, uh, you know, the cops are afraid of, of some, because this man sees farther than they do, uh, blah, 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 and he turns his bong into like a, like a thermos right, or whatever. Right, like yeah, a, yeah. So you can be, collapse this crazy bong into a normal size yeah, coffee cup. Yeah, and hides it in like the, and, steel. and the stem becomes like the handle or whatever. Yeah. And it's a very like clever, fun moment. And, you know, he's like smoking the entire mm-hmm. time. And the way that they're, the underground government people are trying to control him is they've like laced his weed with something that they can use to control his behavior and Mm -hmm. his thoughts and stuff like that. And because of that big plot point, the main beer that we are going to be drinking today (laughs) is from, uh, now that we have cleansed our palate, that's right. Very clean. It was a tasty, delicious pills. Loved it. This is from independence brewing and it's their high boy series. And this is their Blue Bonic Chronic Double IPA, and it is a blueberry double dry hopped India Pale Ale. Um, and this one doesn't have an e. No, there it is. It is nine percent uh, alcohol. Oh, I pray right. to the and ancient gods that live in the center of the earth, the whose American gods. spokesperson is Sigourney Weaver, that we can taste this after that. Hurt. I think I think my palate's back. It's bounced back. I, here. I, I agree. Yeah, I'm 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 in the same place. But don't you think that it is just such a clever, brilliantly written film, and that it is not just like you know a whatever kind of horror movie, but that for me this is a movie that has um it has rewatchability. It's still mm-hmm. so f- I've seen it two dozen times and it's still just as fun every time i see it the payoff with the merman thing and 
like the banter between Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins is so funny. And uh, Amy Aker, I think is her name. She was an angel, but she's like the female assistant person mm-hmm. that works in the chem department. And then uh, the intern is another character from Angel Buffy Universe. And um, you got Chris Hemsworth in there, very handsome. Jesse Williams, very handsome. Yeah. Uh, there's the scene where the girl makes out with the wolf. I mean, there's just so many amazing moments and then and and then as far as horror is concerned when they get down to that subterranean dwelling and they open all the elevators at once and instantly all of those monsters just start attacking each other and there's just blood everywhere i mean that's and that requires some level of explanation underneath the cabin like i said is subterranean dwelling is every horrible horror thing you could ever think of they're because they're they're, like, uh, they're, they're contained yeah. in glass cubes but it's because part of the ritual is that the the people the characters in this play the five people that on, don't know what's going on yeah they in order for the ritual to be legitimate they have to in some way uh, be the architects of their own demise. And in some so way, that they means they go to, down into the cellar. They have to pick what thing is right. going to come and kill them. And in this and so case, there's all read, these different options right. that are laying at bay. And when they find that out, they're like, right. we're going to release them all to kill all these So fucks. in this case, they read from an ancient tome, Latin, that, that brings forth yeah. zombies. And it's red, no, it's a redneck zombie. Sadist, right. but cult. but had they twisted the music box a certain way, it would have been this other thing, and this the, other thing, and, and there's big spiders or big. If cobras they had picked yeah. up the conch, if they had, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, the merman, yeah, and then yeah. there's like uh, the the ballerina with the crazy teeth. I mean, there's a unicorn that yeah. goes around killing it. There's a evil I'm, clown. I'm, I'm reading it. I'm reading <laughs> yeah. the vibe it's so in the room. Fun. I'm reading the vibe in the room, and I think David and I are ready to answer all of your questions. I mean, if you guys don't like this movie and you think there's a reason why it is not great by all means let me hear it okay david go first so okay i i i will totally go along with you carlos that this film is clever um i will go along with you when the elevators all open and all the creatures come out so good fucking fantastic well and i I mean it's clearly a film that is made um written by somebody who has studied horror films Mm -hmm. um but i really take issue with you saying that this is a great horror film because this is a meta satire of horror films more than it is a horror film there was nothing horrific about this film to me at any point because the whole thing is framed by this jokey you know whatever they don't get me wrong i like bradley whitford and i like uh um Richard 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 jenkins I think I, I love them. They both. I, I love, well. love Bradley Whitford in this movie. Yeah, I agree. My maybe my favorite I Whitford. I mean, Westwood. but I feel like there are. Th- I mean, and it's intentional. There are two Goodbye. different movies going on, and one of them undercuts the other. And I spend too much time with the one that gets undercut. I Let disagree. me put it that way. Well, that's but, okay. Here we are. The whole thing is framed by. <laughs> There's this underground bunker with these people who are casually joking about the fact that they're going to be sort of leading these characters to their death. 
And, you know, again, like we kind of reveal why that is later and blah, blah, blah. And that explanation is such bullshit that I'm not even interested in. You it's know. bullshit. Yes. The ancient ones have been around for yes. centuries. What do you mean? They must And as soon as someone, <laughs> hold on. And as soon as someone Wait, dies, you, you, these as the soon g- as someone <laughs> dies, we can pull a lever and their blood. What? <laughs> Will go into a thing. I, mean, I don't think it's their blood. The, no, the, no, it is their blood. For, it's, it's explained in it's the film. Funny. You've seen it twenty four times. It is funny. It's this film primarily to me is a comedy. On the level of comedy, this film works. The problem no. is no. Okay, for me, it go does, for me. It does the, work. Go ahead. Joe, jo, the stop, comedy does. Stop work. trying to say that your interpretation nope. is every interpretation. <laughs> okay. Well, for I me, will if Carlos will, but this film is, I might quit this, this film. <laughs> you won't. This film Why? works as comedy, but it introduces so much comedy that it cannot work as horror. Agreed. And I compare it to Scream, okay? I think Scream does a better job Correct. of balancing the horror and the comedy in its own context than this film does. Yeah. To me, this film airs way too far towards the broad comedy to make any of the horror effective for me. So I spend all this time with these characters in the creepy environment, and the lighting is beautiful. I mean, it's all done. like The effects are incredible. And you can see all the references to Evil Dead, and you can see the references to Friday the 13th, and you can see the references to It. You can see the... Like, there's all that there, and and it's pulled off really well, but it's constantly being undercut by... Hey, let's break out the tequila, guys. Let's drink blah, 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 blah. Tequila is my lady. I mean, they're... I don't... It just doesn't work for me. It just doesn't work for me. So... I think think the reason that it does work so well for me is because I think horror is over. I think that... There is. <laughs> not, well, you did say this is the best horror film of the twenty I think, I think first century. I think that there it would take a really the witch. What, what are you talking about? There's so many better horror. Yeah, movies the lighthouse, the witch, the lighthouse is an the lighthouse horror isn't horror. Movie. David, you're wrong. I don't think it's a horror. Yeah, movie. David Lee. Uh, I don't think it's a horror movie. Well, I, I think it's, it's a psychological uh, horror movie. I just think that I think it, I think the okay. So I think. Maybe I should rephrase. This is the best slasher movie of the 21st century because I think that genre of horror, the classic genre of horror mm-hmm. that like we're the most familiar with and that we most look back on with fondness in terms yeah. of like the the but 20th. You like, you like the, the Halloween hold on, sequel? Hold on, hold on. In terms of the 20th century, I think that that kind of thing is is over for the most part. I think we're done with that. I don't think that there's a way to do it effectively anymore, and I think that if you are going to try to go back into um, you know, the lexicon of slasher horror and what we're familiar with in the past, this is the only way to do it because it can't be legitimately scary anymore, but you can still take those elements that are horrific and sometimes shocking like when all the elevators open and it gets incredibly violent like Mm -hmm. some of that stuff is kind of can be kind of shocking and disturbing um not in a super horrific way where you're like legitimately shaken to your core or anything Mm -hmm. like that but in terms of making a fun slasher movie this is the best that i've seen in a very long time yeah, because because it's so well, Joe, Joe, it's just it's really... so much fun. Yeah, it's, a, it's so much fun. No, David, you you summed it up well for me. I, is it a horror film or a comedy film? And where has been the convergence 
It the can, convergence Evil of Dead Two is both. Army of Darkness is yeah. Both. No, I mean, those there's so do many. It, those both. do it well. I mean, that's that's the problem that I this have. This does with, it better. This just it's but, too. Uh, the, the characters. You said you connect with the characters. I don't know how you could. The wolf making out scene is it's so funny. It's ridiculous. Well, it, it is. I understood. But there, that. But the hold on. Sorry. I'm. But that's that's a. That's a, uh, a a send up of the hypersexualization of every female character sure. in slasher movies you've ever seen, and like as a viewer, except, except, except as I don't a, I don't believe any person. Okay, there's five real people. The rest of it is fake. There are five real people. Those five real people are not real people. No, at all. but see, but you're getting it wrong though because those are the fake people. The five, what? the five people yeah. who go to the cabin. Those are the fake ones in the film. Right. Those are the ones that fit into these really ridiculous stereotypes no, it, of what. It, no. In their universe, they are real people. But hold on, they but are the whole, real people. The they whole, own that RV. They own that 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 motorcycle. Yes, but the whole point of the film the, the, is that those are the most like if you if you're looking at you know all of the qualities the, that make up the series, that they're the fine. most concentrated form. But they're not. They're not located by this secret government group because they are retarded you, <laughs> well, you, if we don't use that word anymore. if you're if you're um, if you're a uh, a pot smoker you never ever drive down the road with your car full of weed i don't care how funny the explanation is and how he collapses that bong you well you, well, you you're you, seeing you must have not met enough Hyper intelligent pot smokers. Well, because and there's also, I mean, there. I mean, again, that comedy. And, and then if the four is, of us are going to go screw out in the cabin, why are we bringing this douche? <laughs> why? Why because is he there? Has here? to be five people because that's how the movies. There has to be five are. people, according to Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins, not these five no, people that are living a real there life. There are so many slasher movies in the past that we can point to that have an oddball yeah. fifth no, wheel I character. Understood, except understood, and that's the whole understood. point. And then you go. Why is the nerd in Fight of the Thirteenth Part Two there? Because he doesn't fit in with the rest of this. Yeah, but we don't care because we're not supposed to take this seriously. Well, this is a Joss Whedon film. We're supposed to take it seriously. We're supposed to understand the satire. We're supposed to understand the comedy. We're supposed to understand the horror. It none of it coalesces at all. I so strongly disagree. I think it all works perfectly. We can tell that you do. I, I. I understand where Carlos is coming from in the sense that you. I'm disturbed. They they aren't retarded. Has a they definition. Are, they are related. Have to be a bad word. They are relatable. Just insensitive. Yeah, that that's. Yeah. I'm not talking about people. Okay, you well, were though. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. The, relatable in the sense that <laughs> get off my lawn. Not in the sense that <laughs> you can actually put yourself in their positions and that you feel like you would be motivated in similar ways. Yeah, not that But relatable in that you have seen characters like these play out in movies that are slasher films over the years. So So I understand that. And And I don't begrudge it. I think this is made by really thoughtful... Correct. And smart. Very... Uh, Very observant filmmakers. Drew Goddard definitely has watched a lot of slasher films, is a very intelligent guy with a great sense of humor who understands how to make jokes about slasher films. And, you know, the, and I think that's undeniable. The Like I say, the problem is, is that I just don't feel like the, I feel like the film spends too much time. It, 
it's just too bifurcated. It's got the those scenes underground with the crew, at, you know, primarily Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins as yeah. as these guys kind of leading it. It just they they tonally are so different. Yeah. And why and, is there an order? So flip, really like, listen, disagree. listen. Okay, if we're gonna go back to like, and I'm the guy who doesn't get hung up on you know, like, oh, I, I you know, I need things to work, but like, w- even if I accept the premise that this is just this age-old thing that secretly has gone on for centuries, that we've been offering these sacrifices. Why would we look at it like something to joke about and bet about and that it was just something Oh, no, something I get that to, part. Yeah, that part makes you total do? sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they've been doing it for so long. That, that flippantly. That, that, yeah. that yeah. sort of yeah. just... They have been doing it every they, year for as long it, as yeah. they can remember. Now, why is the intern there year after year after year? We're not going to ask those well, questions. Well, no, that intern's newer, but... Uh, well, except, but ex- except that he bet last I don't, year. I don't know. I but, mean, so I like, just... There's yeah. nothing... There's no, no level no, where that's... I can go with somebody into crazy psychological terms Turmoil because I, I know that people get into that, but you are you were go- wrong about the betting thing because people, what because what you're watching is people that people on a ha- slaughterhouse pull each other's fingers even you, though they're around death all of the time. What you're watching is people like in a very similar just way a job. To, in a very similar way to what Joe just said. Yeah. You're watching people that are forced to do a terrible thing because it is absolutely necessary for them to do finding a way to cope with that. Right. And it is by that. trying to detach as much as they can by doing things like making these jokes, by making the betting pool, and that's the only way that they can do what they have to do in order for the Earth to continue to exist as it does today. And it, it's a coping mechanism for them. That and, I get. and that part, as far as like realism, if we're wanting, trying to get into all of that <laughs> shit, like that is the most realistic part of this film. How much people mind... developing coping mechanisms to deal with the terrible shit that they have? But to how do. much money does this organization have? And that organization... it's a government organization, first of all. So we're not talking about money. Like all of these no, nitty gritty things are so ridiculous. No, it's like, not because that's the that's the universe that they present. So this this. But it's not real. <laughs> no, but it's presented as real, Carlos. This is the the universe that it's they're presented presenting. as real and in they've this got these, alternative they've got these supernatural well, but, uh, beings but, but again, in boxes this is interesting in because we all have certain pressure like i'm usually the one who's most able to just give up Correct. on on Correct. these kind of rules and so, stuff right. and and yet there are times yes, where are. there are things that trouble me and i'm like this Willy okay, Wonka box if, of if of, you create this fake world yeah then what about it am I supposed to think of as real? And what about it am I supposed to I not mean, g- the- give way to? And when people take liberties with things that get into me like character psychology, that's where I tend to give up and be like, yes, our psychologies are so complex and strange that I can go there and I can go into dream worlds with people that do not have to abide by the rules of physical you know, reality. Yeah. Now, when it... This film does not indicate that to me at all. This film, whose dream world is this? Whose psychology am I inside of? No, it's not. You're not in a single person. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's nothing about this that tells me that I'm supposed to be seeing this through some sort of subjective lens. This film is presenting to me a you know sort of miniature world that exists in it with certain rules and patterns. And I don't care. I don't care so much about like the oh, how have they gone to this? But again, like, and and I I appreciate what you guys just said. I mean, 
Okay, if somebody was is a coping mechanism that could arise when somebody is forced into this kind of work where they are expected to put people to their death year after year that they would then it's like cinema sort of to them. treat it's like, it it's like, like it's a, like the guy in into the abyss like he finds a way to rationalize all that all the death row shit that he has to deal right. with until finally something happens where he can no longer rationalize it right. and we're viewing a bunch of people in the state of rationalization right and like i mean this is a so much a deeper an interpretation than this movie really needs to have uh-huh. and but right. I, and but, I don't but, think the film wants us to think about no, it this way. I mean, it I mean, doesn't. It, it doesn't, and it doesn't call for it. It I mean, wants us to be charmed. Want. It wants us to be charmed but, by look, the humor of we understand horror movie conventions. Yes, we're gonna that's joke the about whole it. Thing. With you. That's I the get whole it. thing. I get but, it. But okay, we but hold on, it. hold on, hold on. But we, just, we don't but, buy. But okay, I see. I but I don't understand why you don't buy it because this movie sets up because such no, it sets up such a well-constructed world of like specific like rules and specific conventions that exist within this world and it never falters or breaks from any of them like the world yes the world it has set up is not real mm-hmm. and it's fantastical yeah. and it's ridiculous Except but if you can but if you can suspend your disbelief and say like Hmm, okay, so maybe there is like some weird thing going on, and maybe there is some, you know, like there's nothing about it that contradicts itself at any point. Oh, God. Marty gets stabbed in the spine with a trowel, but then he can be the hero. The, the, the academic. He's like covered in blood at the end. But the the academic gets, gets grabbed by a, a bear trap and then levitated up into the air, but then can come down and fight another day. It, there's so that watch it again for the 25th time but it's a silly 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 film that makes yeah i mean i okay let me so i didn't hate this i didn't (laughs) i I, I don't hate it i don't hate it i've seen it six times probably i i find it entertaining enough sure i and it was my second time seeing it, watching it again for this only second time only second and (laughs) watch it as soon as you're so old and I just, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just saying that for me, it is not that fulfilling an exercise to go oh through. It just isn't. I'm, I, and, and again, kudos to Goddard and and uh, for for. There's a sequel. Does it make any sense in the universe? Th- is there a There's sequel? Not a sequel. What the is there a Cabin fuck in the Woods too? No, no, I don't think so. Oh, I, I made that yeah. up. Um, I'm in a I am in a state of shock and disbelief at the conversation we have just had. How can we find? How can we disagree with you at all? I cannot believe what I'm hearing. <laughs> as people, folks, that, this may be the last episode. As people that are such, Carlos is quitting. As people that are as intelligent as the two of you are, oh, and are you. and thank are you. and are thank as studious film watchers yeah. as you are, yeah. that you can't see something that takes all of the conventions that you know and love and play on them and find it so fulfilling and entertaining. Yeah. I just don't understand. I mean, right. I do like parody. It's just it this isn't full on parody. It's it like is, it's though. But I don't know. It, it, it this it, the, the thing that I find so How was a ghost contained in a glass box? The thing that I find so fulfilling about I see that's getting hung up on some bullshit right there. <laughs> the universe but, that's the universe they present, but my friend. The thing that is so fulfilling about this movie is that it, to me at least, and I don't understand how anyone can find it differently, is that it has such a balance of parody and like 
the conventions of the genre and like finding the middle ground between where it all works together. I think all of the horror and the comedy work seamlessly together in this film Mm -hmm. in an incredibly satisfying way. And I don't understand how somebody who is a fan of the horror genre can feel any different. There's horrific images, but there's no horror you, in the film. What was? Have you seen a horror movie recently? <laughs> I'm curious. I watched The Lodge. <laughs> that was not a horror movie. It was a psychological horror film. That, that was bullshit. That was a sleep exercise. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't fall asleep in films as easily as yeah. you do. Well, well, anyway. So, I mean, $10 I was app. shocked. Clearly, we disagree. Clearly, we have had. It's okay and, that and again, we disagree. I, it's I'm not, not in this I'm case. not even. Let me. And, and again, to make it clear, I'm not a thumbs down on this film. No. I'm, I'm a thumbs eh on this film. Correct. Okay. I am a. Yeah. You should. See, and you know what? Honestly, I would say if you haven't seen this film, should it is it. worth watching. Certainly. There is no reason great to effects, avoid this film. Great characters. There, there's some wonderful stuff going on. I'm talking about the horror characters. Right. I'm talking about the scene where the elevators open and all of that stuff spills out. Mm-hmm. The I enjoy that. merman. I enjoy that. For very Christ's much. sake. Yes. Mm-hmm. That scene alone. There is a merman. Is worth the price of admission. There is a merman payoff. You're yeah, right. they're, God, they're, well, you know, so hey, good. come on, you, you know, you're you're talking about merman in the post Shape of Water era. I don't. We're know also talking where, to a guy that's never you know. seen The Graduate. No one gives a shit about that movie in 2020. Oh, come on. Mike Nichols is worth checking out. All right, all right, all right. I I feel like... How dare you disagree? We've reached an impasse. You haven't even seen The Graduate. I don't need to. Oh, my God. (laughs) Where where did we fall with this this blue bonnet chronic? I I honestly can't think about anything. (laughs) I I think Carlos is pissed off that he shared this with us. Oh, man. I'm, I, hey, you know, the, describe the. Blue I brought the brash to the party, and this is what I get. You you brought some great stuff. The the brash was definitely a an outstanding. And I get this cabin in the woods hate. I'll remember the uh, hey, brash for the rest. It is of my not life. hate. It is indifference. <laughs> Man, as as a as a Joss Whedon stan, I am offended. Are you a stan? Buffy is the greatest show ever to air on network television. But, uh, say Breaking is, isn't he a like better. a jerk? Now? It's not. D- didn't we find out that he was really like lo- like a low key creep or something? Uh, I'm not familiar with that narrative. I thought I had heard. L- that. Let me get us back. L- okay. Let me yeah, get us back on task. Let's talk about the Bluebonic. Bluebonic sh- Chronic Double IPA uh, from Marty, mm-hmm. the stoner of the. Also, film. Breaking Bad's not better than Buffy. Double IPA hmm. Blueberry Double Dry Hopped. India Pale Ale. I like this beer a lot. And I'm mm. glad that that uh, palate cleanser got my palate there so that I could even enjoy it because what a waste this would have been had we enjoyed this right after that yeah. pepper-infused mouth killer. Yeah, you, you you would not have gotten a lot from it if you had followed it straight from the hurt. Yeah. yeah. Blue Bonnet Chronic, uh, d- double IPA. I'm not... The it's blueberry's a, not overwhelming at blueberry's all. Blueberry's tough. No. Blueberry's tough yeah. in beer. I mean, the the color's there. I I, I I will give it that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a it's an enjoyable IPA. But yeah, I would not call it even one that I would. If you just gave it to me blindfolded, I don't think I would even tell you it was a fruited IPA. It yeah, would, would, I think that if in a blind taste test, you would never know there's blueberry in it. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is unfortunate, but I think that. I think that it might be a harsher IPA were it not for the blueberry, um, just as the, in the base of it. Mm-hmm. I think the blueberry makes it a little more uh, mellow and drinkable than it would be otherwise, rather than 
contributing a lot of fruit flavor to it, that's what it does is it makes it a little more drinkable. Um, I think it's a very good IPA. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I enjoy it. Yeah, um, I'm enjoying this very, very much. I, I wish there was more blueberry either on the nose or in the actual flavor itself. But aside from that, I still... I mean, this is the last can of a four pack that I have, so obviously I like. And it that nine's that not I've, a killer either. The nine is not drank enough of it. The nine, <laughs> the nine ABV is not uh, knocking us over the head either. No, 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 no. no. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a balance. Good, good job, maybe. high boy. It's uh, maybe a little yeah, more blueberry I've, if you're going to present it as such. Yeah, um, I, I have enjoyed. Some I do of these. everything I can not to mention age anymore. But are we, are, <laughs> are we doing an age thing here, David? You and it I, might be. We, you know, the, the, I, I I do have a feeling that that plays the into kids it a bit. love cabin in the woods. Well, no, actually, so my like one of my best friends of all time that I've known since, you know, like our freshman year of high school, did not like cabin in the woods. And, and you've he, never talked to him again? Well, it came very close to that. But his <laughs> his main criticism was, or one of the things, at least the criticism I remember the most, was he was like, I just thought it was so ridiculous. Like, the character that was like the stoner friend or whatever, like, that's not a real person. Nobody acts like that. Nobody talks like that. I was like, yeah, that's the fucking point, man. Like, how the fuck did you not get that? Like, that that's, he is a cartoon no, character I that, I that's, that's the idea of the character then, then why are we spending so much time with them before they leave for the trip and establishing them as real people because you understand who they all are you understand the tropes that they are fulfilling except and, that bradley and whitford backstory. and richard jenkins are real people <laughs> doing a real job but in right, real life all right all right okay I, I, I think this we, i think we've heard this. Oh, you know i have gosh. a feeling this is one that maybe our uh our, our listeners will, will want to weigh in on. I have a feeling we may... While they're may, nominating us for best podcast of it, the Coastal Band. I swear they to may, God. They may totally vindicate Carlos here and tell us I will that, cancel this podcast if there are not enough people on my side that listen to this. Ooh, there, there may just be like a big OK Boomer uh, reaction to this. <laughs> okay, I hope so. I'm not a boomer. Well, the, I hope you guys I, get I think that you reaction. and I are are, are uh, maybe stepping into the role of boomers here. Look how how great is Cabin in the Woods? Is it the greatest or is it just fantastic? Let me know. Uh, you <laughs> is can, it perfect or just incredible? You can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer in a Movie, and Facebook.com/slash Beer in a Movie TX. As always, Beer in a Movie Podcast.com is our home base. You can find a link to listen to all of our past episodes absolutely free. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. When you subscribe, that helps you stay up to date on all of our new episodes and when they drop which is every wednesday and rating and reviewing helps us to know what you like what you don't like what you want to see more of in the future and you have if you are listening to this on the day that this episode comes out which uh if you haven't looked at a calendar today is march 18th then you have approximately five days left. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, like five, six days left uh, to nominate us for best podcast for the Ben Magazine's Locals List uh, competition, which is basically a best of the best for all of the greatest things that you love in the Coastal Bend. There are a lot of other categories other than podcast um, and nominees that are worthy of your vote. So go there nominate us for best podcast because only the top five go through to final voting and then scroll through all of the other categories and nominate uh your best dj your best uh girls night out spot your best uh margarita your best beer list all of those kinds of things and if you don't live here 
Pick the funniest, best name. Just pick no, the, pick the no, name. Just no, click no, it. No, just pick, be, be just pick us. In just pick us. Yeah, that's just pick right, us, right. and then you can move on. Uh, and, and you, can Kyle, go, we're talking to you. You could go for Jello Shot <laughs> for DJ. Yeah. yeah, DJ Jello Shot. That's me. Uh, you can vote for me for best DJ as well. Um, but other than that, uh, I'm giving away an Inside Lewin Davis poster. It is an authentic original movie poster, double sided, 27 by 40 inch poster that you would see outside of a movie theater. Um, go ahead and leave us a review, which I have already asked you to do. But if you leave us a review, that is where I'm going to pick uh, the winner of this contest giveaway. So all you have to do is leave us a rating on Apple podcast. I would prefer if you left a written review, but if you just want to leave five stars, that's okay. And then I will pick from everyone that has reviewed our podcast on Apple podcast. And that will be the person that receives said poster. So that's a fun right. giveaway that we're doing. We've given away one poster before, the Lords of Chaos poster. That's right. Uh, and I hope that we can continue to do stuff like that in the future. Yeah. Uh, I like doing giveaways. It's a, it's a good time. Um, but until next time, Joe and David are super fucking wrong. <laughs> and um, don't awaken the ancient ones. <laughs>